Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church. In a year, today is day number 204, and we begin with number 1539. The chosen people was constituted by God as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But within the people of Israel, God chose one of the 12 tribes, that of Levi, and set it apart for liturgical service. God himself is its inheritance. A special rite consecrated the beginnings of the priesthood of the Old Covenant. The priests are appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. Instituted to proclaim the word of God and to restore communion with God by sacrifices and prayer, this priesthood nevertheless remains powerless to bring about salvation, needing to repeat its sacrifices ceaselessly, ceaselessly and being unable to achieve a definitive sanctification, which only the sacrifice of Christ would accomplish. The liturgy of the church, however, sees in the priesthood of Aaron and the service of the Levites as the institution of the 70 elders, a prefiguring of the ordained ministry of the new covenant. Thus, in the Latin rite, the church prays in the consecratory preface of the ordination of bishops. God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by your gracious word, you have established the plan of your church. From the beginning, you chose the descendants of Abraham to be your holy nation. You established rulers and priests and did not leave your sanctuary without ministers to serve you. At the ordination of priests, the church prays, Lord, Holy Father, when you had appointed high priests to rule your people, you chose other men next to them in rank and dignity to be with them and to help them in their task. You extended the spirit of Moses to seventy wise men. You shared among the sons of Aaron the fullness of their father's power. In the consecratory prayer for ordination of deacons, the church confesses, Almighty God, you make the church Christ's body grow to its full stature as a new and greater temple. You enrich it with every kind of grace and perfect it with the diversity of members to serve the whole body in a wonderful pattern of unity. You established a threefold ministry of worship and service for the glory of your name. As ministers of your tabernacle, you chose the sons of Levi and gave them your blessing as their everlasting inheritance. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, when uh, the the prefigurements of the Old Testament are, you know, as, as the Catechism points out, obviously they are incomplete because without Christ as its head, it can never be truly or can never be total, but there is lots to learn from there, right? Because, you know, God is continuously revealing, which doesn't mean that he replaces his previous revelation. It just means he fulfills them, especially in the Old Testament. So it's really kind of beautiful to take this time to reflect on what is the priesthood of the Old Covenant like. Well, and and then what separates it, as we get down, as we get later into this, um, from the priesthood of, of Jesus Christ, right? So the first is that the sacrifices they offered are repeated, right? I, I think the, the word they use is ceaselessly. Um, wh- that the old covenant priest would offer these sacrifices that were always separate from them. It, you know, that's the that is the the major difference with Christ's sacrifice and the sacrifices of the Old Testament is that he is truly both the priest and the victim, um, which no one else could have provided. Um, but, but slowing down from that, just looking at the Old Covenant priesthood in itself, it talks about the tribe of Levi. Now, it all, you know, heard 
today that God himself is its inheritance, which sounds nice, and, and um, but without explanation, it can kind of just get overly spiritualized and not realizing what that must have taken. Because if we, if we read, and actually I think it, it ends up being Judges, where Joshua leads uh, the people over the Jordan into the Promised Land, um, and that story is is uh, one of much greater trust than we sometimes realize, right? Because because they've been following Moses for four decades, you know, through the desert, and then he doesn't even get to go in, um, and they're divided amongst their twelve tribes, the twelve families, and eleven of them get land, right? The two of them on the other side of the the river, and then uh, and then the the other nine get divided uh, amongst the land of, of this this that the chosen people would receive. But this, the Lord will be the inheritance of the, the tribe of Levi means they didn't have land to call their own. They they did this service, which meant they, they didn't have to work the fields um, because they didn't have their own fields. They didn't have anything to fall back on. There was, there was a total abandonment to the providence of God. Um, when we talk about the Lord is my inheritance, it, it it's not this kind of thing of you know trust like it's like it's all on God and work like it's all on us you know where we don't really have to do it or or yeah do that but have your backup plan right which we I think often kind of think about in in the life of the church um you know so when we're called to though what the the priest of the old covenant reveals and, and the tribe of Levi is that we're called to a total abandonment to the will providence and goodness of God and that is how the priesthood today should be lived out, which you know is is part of the problem. Is I think sometimes we've gotten a little too concerned with with uh, with material prudence. Let's not let's not make that big risk. You know, let's let's not think that God can take care of us. Um, you know, while obviously not just um, being imprudent with our actions. And so the church maintains that, right? The church maintains that spirit of trust and faith. It maintains that throughout its ordination rituals, right? Because what what we see is that the old covenant priesthood is ordered. Moses and then Aaron are the high priest, right? They they sit atop the rest. And then there are these 70 that are spread throughout to help the one. And and they have the mission of, of giving great control but then there is this this tribe of Levi, these thousands of, of, of men and women who, mostly men actually, um, who have this role of doing the service to uh, to the sacrifices that are offered for the priest. And they have the service of the people. But all of this kind of works in this you know hierarchical, which ends up being a kind of a triangle um, of spreading it out. That's how the church is still ordered. There is but one high priest at the end uh, and all power flows from him. Now we'll talk about that in the next session uh, with the priesthood of Jesus Christ, but the bishops have this role of being united to the high priest and then bringing order and having its many servants from there uh, and having, and then in kind of a, the, the way the presbyter kind of works is that we receive uh, us priests receive our power from our bishop, right? That I think we, uh, I remember being shocked the first time I heard it, but we've kind of maybe heard it a bit more frequently in the last couple of years that every priest is only able to do the sacraments because the bishop allows him to do the sacraments. <laughs> we receive the faculties 
to do things when we're still united with our bishop. We're, you know, one of the great um, pastoral heresies of, of the last 50 years, and it still is actually around, is the idea that the pastor is his own bishop of a parish. No, we're not. <laughs> we are co-workers in the field, and we receive our everything, our, literally, our, literally our power to forgive sins and validly forgive sins and uh, confect the Eucharist from our bishop. I think we, I think I've shared it before, but in a seminary we described it as the the piping's all there, but there's no water flowing through it, right? Until until that high priest finally says it, right? In this case, the bishop, um, who is of course united with the faith of Jesus Christ, and the deacons have that role of serving the people so that they can more easily receive the gifts, the spiritual gifts that come from the high priest, and they form this kind of tr- new tribe of Levi, for lack of a better way of describing it. And all of this Old Testament stuff prefigures this greatness that will, this fulfillment that comes in the New Covenant. It's why that first Eucharistic prayer includes uh, three Old Testament characters, right? Talks about Abel, uh, Abraham, and Melchizedek. Uh, the first sacrifice that's offered in the Old Testament, the one who was willing to make this great sacrifice of faith through sacrificing his son, and finally the, um, the kingly priest who offers bread and wine for the sake of sake of his people on the behalf of Abraham. That's this beautiful fulfillment that comes in Christ, but the Old Testament isn't useless in it. <laughs> it still reveals more and allows us to enter more fully into the great mystery of God's plan for humanity. 